You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is the man, the myth, the legend, and super friend of the show. His name is Brian Anderson. Hello, BA. How are you? Well, gentlemen, I am doing fantastic. You know, baseball season is obviously getting started, so that excitement starts to build and... You know, down here in Florida, around all of it, um, things are good. Things are good. Now, listen, I was talking to Danny off the air, and it doesn't sound like things are very good up in Cleveland. Like a high of 28 or 29 today after being in the mid-60s earlier this week. Staff meteorologist Brian Anderson with your Accur (laughs) Super Forecast. What else do you have for us there, B.A.? Widely scattered darkness for you as well? I think you just point out. It is February. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nice uh, down here, as you well know. But, um, but yeah, that's that's Cleveland weather for you, that early spring, unpredictable. But you know what? With baseball starting, you know what's coming down the pike, and and, uh, so here we go. So do you have to report today, too, or what do you do? Are you in today or no? Former pitchers report today, (laughs) too. No, I do not. I do not report today. You know, it's funny. With with the the way that, uh, you know, you can get so much information, there are so many different resources to be able to go out and get stuff you, you really don't if you're in my uh, shoes you really don't have to do much of anything until until we do some spring training broadcasts you know maybe head out to you know wherever the team is training and obviously this year with port charlotte being uh you know badly uh you know just taken under by hurricane ian they're right. the race are doing Disney? spring training out at the uh at the walt disney world you know wide world of sports so you know, maybe you go out there for a day, uh, catch up with everybody, but you know you really have all the information that you need uh, from all these different sources online. You get ready to do a spring training game, get to know the team, and then off you go. Ba, can you just, just quickly explain to everybody how spring training works? Like we sit here and we're like, oh, the truck left, and then um, all of a sudden we're like, oh, pitchers and catchers report today, but it's not like there's a lot of guys already there before the truck gets there. There's a lot of guys oh, yeah. there. Like just because we're saying pitchers and catchers report today it's just a mandatory thing a lot of guys have been on site for a while right no matter what team it is without without a doubt yeah. you know, and, and guys are getting to to the sites of these camps earlier and earlier you know there's a lot more checking in during the off season different players will come into into tampa st pete go to tropicana field to get some workouts in just to kind of show the coaching staff you know where they are in their off season program and, yeah, by the time pitchers and catchers report that date, pitchers and catchers have already reported, probably a week before, maybe even more than that. They, they really get there early and settled in. It's funny, the, the pitchers and catchers report date is more about who's not there. Right. And it's going to become an issue because everybody has already been there. Do pitchers and catchers need to report that early when they, when they show up you know, a week or two in advance, or are they just tired of sitting at home? You know what? I, I think that pitchers and catchers absolutely need to to report before the position players. You know, position players, there is a certain amount of time 
ramp-up time that they need, I think that that was exposed during the quick three-week spring training of the pandemic year. Um, and, you know, they, they tried to rush through and then get the season out there, and you realize early on, boy, these guys are just not ready. Pitchers aren't built up. You knew that that was going to be the case. But the hitters, the timing just was not there. And so, you, you know, you realized at that point that you do need some time for, for those hitters to get their timing down, to get a good number of at-bats so that they feel good and confident, you know, going into a season. But for sure, pitchers and catchers need to get there a little bit earlier because they're going to go, and we talked about this, I think, last week, they're going to go out there and they're going to throw a couple of different bullpens, you know, in front of the, uh, the pitching coach and, uh, and uh, you know, the coaching staff uh, as a whole. And then they'll move into live BP, which when the hitters finally get there, and some of them are already there, you're, you're seeing that around the league, uh, you'll get some live BP sessions. So these hitters can start to see live pitching and not just cage work that they've been doing, you know, all off season. And then once that happens, then you have maybe an inter squad game or two and then start to ramp up your schedule, you know, the, the first of March and start to build those, uh, you know, the, the pitch count and the innings start to start to build that up. So I think that they have realized, especially again, going back to the, the pandemic year and the shortened truncated spring training, that you do need that good six weeks to get everybody up to speed so that you can hit the ground running on opening day. Yeah, Andy and I were just talking about this aspect of the rule changes, and I think it's the one that we might actually see and might have something that, that people get into. It's the throwing over to first base two times, okay? Then you either have to get the guy or he gets the base. Do you see pitchers throwing over three times, and I told Andy that might be the easiest time to pick a guy off because the runner is probably thinking you're not coming over a third time and he's going to be jumpy and maybe, you know, maybe trying to steal second base anyway, and you can pick him off that way. Yeah, there's going to be a lot at play with that rule. And, and, and meanwhile, you know, when you go back, it's not even throwing over. It's called disengagement. So if you're just – if you've got a, a pitcher that's looking in for the sign – and he wants to change the signs, and so he steps off the back of the rubber, and he gives that catcher, you know, the sign, hey, go through him again, or the pitch com, or whatever it is. If you just step off the rubber, it doesn't matter if you throw to first base. That counts as one. Wow. That's one disengagement from the rubber. So you're going to see a lot of things come into play. You're going to see runners, you know, base runners go out there and take one-way leads, meaning I'm going to take a lead big enough to try to bait you into a pickoff throw. Meanwhile, I have no intention of going the second base, I'm just trying to get one of those disengagements used up. There's going to be a lot of strategy uh, involved in that. And guess what? If pitchers say, okay, look, I know you're, you're, you know, you have a one-way lead. I'm not going to throw over. I'm not going to take the bait. Well, guess what? That's all going to be logged. All that research will have been done. And they'll say, hey, this guy, no matter how big of a lead you get, he is not going to throw over. So take that big lead and then go. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of back and forth and a lot of strategizing about that rule uh, to try to take advantage of, you know, the bigger bases, bigger bases means you're a little bit closer to second base. Uh, You're starting to see the running game take a more prominent role uh, in major league baseball than it has in the past. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. I cannot wait for these spring games to start to see these coaching staffs, uh, you know, start to start to put in their, uh, the different strategies and see how these things are going to work out. Do you like that disengagement rule, Brian? You know, 
that one I'm kind of indifferent on. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't mind it. I, that, that's what I'm, I, you know what, really, when I think about it, I'm not in the gray area. I'm more of, it's, it's better than the guy who's just picking over time and time and time again. And it really doesn't serve a purpose except to get the fans booing. So, yeah, I guess it cleans up some of the game that way. It does add a little bit more strategy that we just talked about. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that, that one's not a big deal to me, but I think it'll have a positive uh, uh, effect. The, the big one for me is the pitch clock. I think that is going to be huge. It's going to force the hitter to have to be ready sooner. No more dilly-dallying around, you know, fixing your batting gloves after you take a pitch. I don't know why you need to re- you know, redo the whole batting glove thing when all he did was look at a pitch, he would swing the bat. So I think that's going to be the big one, and it's going to force the game to to play at a quicker pace, and I think that's going to help everybody. Um, a little bit more on the shift. And just, I, you know, Jeff and I have sat here and talked about the shift, and I, I just think you're going to move your outfielders around now, right? There's going to be a ways to shift without it, – with still being – and. By the way, there's no rule that says you can't take an outfielder and put him in the infield or put him in the infield if you want to have five guys in the infield touching the turf, right? I, like, I'm wondering, I can't wait to see how creative managers can be with a shift by moving outfielders now rather than moving infielders. Isn't that in play? You know what? I, I think that it is. Now, the, bringing the uh, outfielder into the infield, you know, I hadn't heard that talked about. So that'll be That's interesting. Jeff and I just made it. Someone's going to get a good idea from us. I hope Tito well, was yeah, listening to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing I don't know. Um, I, I'm assuming that you can still do that. If you want to bring those those guys in, that would be, you know, that that's a risky move. There's no question about it, especially with everybody, you know, so focused on getting the ball in the air. You're really going to put your – outfielders, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a tough spot. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think that that will be – it will add to the offense. You know, I, I heard uh, an expert, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a guy with a lot of clout in the game of baseball, does a lot of really good research, who came out and said that he believed that taking away the shift is going to add 10 to 15 points to Major League Baseball at the average. Uh, batting average or across the, you know, across the sport, 10 to 15 points. That's a pretty big, significant jump in batting average. That will lead to obviously more runs, more action, more of what baseball is looking to add. But, uh, but yeah, teams are going to get, they're going to get very creative. You know, there's even talk of, because all you really have to do is have two um, defenders on either side of second base, but their heels have to be, you know, in the dirt, at the time of the delivery of a pitch, do you put a guy in motion? Do you, do, you, do you play your shortstop way up the middle just to the shortstop side of second base, and then as the pitcher's delivering the pitch, he can then take a couple of uh, you know, shuffle steps to his left to get over on the other side where you, want him, you know, where you wanted him initially. There can be some movement there uh, as the pitch is on its way. So, you know, it, I don't know. Again, when the games start, you'll get a really good look at these things because that's what managers are going to do. They're going to use spring training to try all this stuff out. Mm. It, it It's set up to be a boring spring training for the Guardians. And I say that because the infield set, you know, Josh Bell, Jimenez, Rosario, you know, Jose, your, your catcher is set with Zanino, and your outfield would appear to be set. Is a boring spring training without real obvious position battles, good thing for a baseball team, Brian? Um, you know what? I think it can be. 
<laughs> if if your if your roster is pretty much set and they're good players, yeah, that's a wonderful thing. The Rays are in, in a similar position. When you look across the landscape of the Rays spring training, there may be, and I mean maybe, two or three spots up for grabs, and and that's going to be coming out of the bullpen, uh, and and maybe one uh, you know a, an extra position player. So you know that's it's a, it's a good thing to have if if you have very good players, and I think that. The Rays feel good about their team. I think that the Guardians feel very good um, about their team. What it allows you to do then is it allows you to take the guys that are going to be a part of the roster, barring injury, and allow you to, to work them in, get them the number of at-bats that they need, uh, that they want you know, to feel good about going into the season, and then you can build depth behind that. That's These kind of spring trainings, instead of everybody trying to make the team, now you're trying to build depth. We have our team for the most part. So let's start to build depth. Who is going to be the next wave? Who's going to be the guy that comes up the first time we do have an injury in the infield? Who's going to be that guy in the outfield coming out of the pen? Uh, that's what it's going to allow uh, Terry Francona and his staff to do. And that, that is really important, especially when you're talking about a team that has postseason aspirations. All right, B.A., don't get, la- don't get lost over at Disney, please. I'm worried about you over there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, do, do not worry about me over at Disney. I, I've been over there enough that I, I know the lay of the land pretty well. Okay, I just want to make sure. it's Disney and Cedar Point, man, you got it taken care of, don't you? I, well, I do. I mean, those were those were two of the best. I haven't been to Disney in, in, in quite a while. but uh, Now yeah, you'll have to. I, I, have tra- I have traversed that landscape an awful lot. Same thing with, with Cedar Point. One of, the, one of the best, if not the best, amusement parks uh, in the nation. That's all right. As long as you have your NASCAR license to drive Route 4, isn't that a 4 that cuts across the state? Isn't that it? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not kidding. That is I mean, like that, one that of the right worst there, freeways the, in the world. It's the unofficial Audubon, and don't let anything go wrong on I-4. I have been stuck on that road, a bad accident. You will sit for hours. There's yes. just There's no way off. There's no good uh, alternative. It's I-4, and you just pray that, uh, that, it, that it stays stays open because when that gets clogged up or there uh, is an is an accident that is not the road that you want to be on you're going to sit there for a long time all right weatherman traffic guy and baseball expert. does it all man. <laughs> he's brian anderson thank you ba all right boys have an awesome weekend you thank too. you brian. we'll talk to you soon pride of geneva former indians pitcher now the color analyst for the tampa bay rays one time browns red zone host on television as well can do it all, man. He is Superman. And he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.